Welcome to No Filter, a skincare podcast featuring the good, the bad, and the unfiltered. Hosted by myself, Courtney Adams. And me, Griffin Churchwell. So welcome to our first episode, guys. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, we are. I'm Griffin. And I'm Courtney. And today, on our first episode, we thought we would tell y'all a little bit about us and how we got here. Talk about some experiences with esthetician school yes like how we got our start oh my gosh first jobs first jobs do we really want to relive that <laughs> let's do it yes but yeah let's let's just like kind of dive into it okay because court you went to school here in tennessee correct yes i'm a nashville native we call those unicorns here because everyone <laughs> is moving to nashville um and it seems like no one is from here and i went to aesthetic school about seven years ago now and you've been in aesthetics for how long um this is my 13th year and i got licensed in alabama and strangely enough little old alabama we required 1500 hours to get your license and how many is it in tennessee you required 1500 1500 okay i'm hours. filling tennessee like we need we are inadequate <laughs> we only require 750 but what's even crazier is that there are states out there like florida that require like 350 so Every state is different. That's what we want to educate our listeners about. And all the requirements are different. So, okay, 13 years, 7 years, 20 years of combined experience. I would say we're seasoned, but we're still learning. Like, I learn every single day. That's the best part of this industry, I think, is that it's constantly changing. And if you want to stay current, you really do have to keep up. And for, I think for those of us who are like really into it, like it really is like stimulating for us, like constantly be having to, you know, learn new treatments, new technologies and formulations. Oh my gosh. It's like a pop quiz every day. Like, oh, (laughs) something new is on the market. We've got to learn about it. Um, but okay, I want to just make sure that we stay on track because something about me and Griffin is we really don't know each other that well. <laughs> we have met a few times at skin like industry conferences and whatnot, but we work in two different offices. We have competing lasers that do the same kind of thing. And we actually have like different viewpoints on issues. So this this podcast is a way for us to have really just open-minded banter about the skin industry and show you guys a deeper look into it because like we're saying no filter we're so tired of hiding behind all of the filters in the industry and so let's dive into it girl let's do it um but you go first tell all the listeners Mm -hmm. you went to school in alabama you required 1500 hours yes now most people would say like okay you just go to school to learn how to pass your exam so you can become an esthetician like you don't really learn anything in school and that was Mm. my experience with school but yours wasn't that so tell everybody like all about your experience yeah no I feel like I had a pretty good experience especially talking to as many girls in the industry as I had about their school experiences I mean we had um, I mean Dermalogica which is a 
a lot of schools had that, but also a really nice spa brand called Pavonia and a couple of other things. We had light chemical peels. We had a microdermabrasion machine. Mm-hmm. We had like a whole makeup room to do makeup with. I mean, I feel like I learned a lot, but also I was really into it. And like I'm an Enneagram type four. Me too. Am I, no, or am I the five, the investigator? Okay. we talked about I this and we're not five. the same. Five. Okay, so five's the investigator. Mm-hmm. I'm an investigator, guys. I have to dig into things. So I just loved esthetician school, and I just soaked in every minute. And I did the 1,500 hours um, all in about a year. Like, I just went nine to six every day. Um, I went to esthetician school. And then at night times, guys, and at other points in my life where I needed to, I have cleaned office buildings but that's what I did to support myself while I was in esthetician school. So I was a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> was that your first job outside of school too? Um, like what? Like yeah. Well, there was that. Yes, but also when I got licensed and I couldn't find a job in like a month or two, and I was starting to panic, I went and worked at a temp agency until I got my first job at a spa. I didn't want to go somewhere else and like get involved and get committed to working another job outside of my field. So working at a temp agency kind of allowed me to still have some free time to go out and interview. And I was working and making money, but without, because it probably took me six months until I got a job at a day spa down Mm -hmm. in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, because you have no experience. Like you have this certification, but you have no experience. And school really does not set you up to find a job after because it is a certification program. And I did things kind of backwards. I went to four-year college first, got a social work degree, did that for a while. Um, that was hard. You know, 20-year-olds, we are not equipped to save the world. <laughs> and I wanted to. Um, so I went back to school in my 20s, and it was just like a whole different ballgame going back to school as an adult and, like, being really passionate about something you're investing your own money into, you know, like, I mean, you know, anyways, that's a whole other tangent. But going back to school seven years ago, being an esthetician seven years now, it's like what you thought you knew then and what you know now, aren't they two completely different things (laughs) about the industry? Yes. So, so crazy. And just like Instagram, when I was finishing school, like I thought Instagram was a photo editing app. I had no idea that it was going to become my portfolio. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so anyways, I feel like we are just going to keep getting sidetracked. So you had a really, really amazing school program. Okay, but how was your examination, like your state board when you had to go take your um, your certification? State board is crazy. So I think I had to do my the written first, which I had to go to like register and go to a testing center. And I had to pass the written test. It was like 100 questions, you know, client protection, safety, and disinfection, just proper techniques and that sort of thing. And then once you pass that, you get to go register to take your practical, which is where you pack up this crazy kit of mannequin heads and Q-tips. And like you go. And And Vaseline. And Vaseline, yeah. And they have you do fake treatments on people. You're like pantomiming. Do you take your own model? Well, for a while, I heard it was models, but when I took it in 2007, it was man- you brought a mannequin head, so I had to mm. find a mannequin head <laughs> and like bring that, and then you're like fake waxing mannequin heads, and like you're like very elaborate because like you've heard they like really watching your technique, but who knows? It's like this weird mystical 
incredibly nervous. I was so anxious. Like, oh I mean, gosh, it's the worst feeling in the world, y'all. I mean, my I, stomach, I, yeah. I just felt sick. I thought I was going to have diarrhea. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, and we had to take a um, we had to take a model. So I took my best okay. friend. So yeah. it's like, is it helping or is it not? You know, because it's your best friend. And when you're doing your state boards, like all you hear is, if all else fails, sanitize. Just sanitize the cabinets, sanitize the <laughs> counter, sanitize the bed, everything. And I remember, like my best friend, she goes, "There's three people that take a an exam at a time, and there's three instructors that are standing over each bed." And so, like, you're sweating. Like, you're you're wearing your crisp little white scrubs, and you're just, you're trying to do it all perfectly, like Griffin is saying. And I find myself in the sanitation portion. I'm, like, sanitizing all the cords that go to the machine. And all of a sudden, I find myself sanitizing the cord that plugs into the wall. And I'm all <laughs> the way at the wall plug with sanitizer. I'm, like, I will get 100. <laughs> That's hilarious. On sanitation. Because I sanitized the plugged into the wall. So, yeah, that's my little examination score. And someone didn't pass. And that was so heartbreaking for me because, you know, it's only three people. And to come out and, like, you're so excited because you find out, like, in Tennessee, you find out right then and there if you pass. And so, like, you leave excited or heartbroken. And someone didn't and I just remember thinking oh like because you have to wait so long before you can do it again and honestly aesthetics examination like I've heard estheticians that have been licensed for years and then they forgot to like they took time off and they forgot to renew their license and when that happens if you let it go for so long you have to go take that exam again there are people that will never take that exam again to get that license because it is it is so scary because, yeah, you're taking a written, and that's a whole nother ball ballgame. But then you go and take that practical. But, yes, it sounds like boards are very similar, except we have yes. a real person and you have a mannequin head. Um, but, yeah, school at, in Tennessee, I did not get what you got, and I'm so jealous. I remember you telling me a story recently that you had a Vici shower, too. Yes. Uh, please tell the audience what a Vici shower is and how lucky you were. So a beachy shower is kind of like a like a raised tub that the client could lie on. And you could do body treatments like body scrubs, and then it had this like long shower head, like that like rain down water. It felt amazing, but it was such a pain to clean. No one really ever wanted to do body treatments because clean the cleanup was a nightmare on it, and you got like super soaked when you were doing it. Yeah, I've heard like people basically have to wear pretty much like no clothes doing the treatment too, or else you're soaking wet. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We would wear like bikinis if we were practicing on yeah. each other, but it's still like putting on a bikini in front of all your classmates. Like yeah, no one weird. wants to do that. Well, some other things that no one wants to do in school is Brazilians. In fact, Tennessee. Uh, I, I keep saying Tennessee. I will just go, like, strictly to my school um, here in Tennessee, in Nashville. We did not really learn. I mean, like, we had maybe 30 minutes in makeup. That'll explain why I have no idea what to do with makeup. I don't really own any. I don't really wear any. Um, it's confusing to me. Uh, but we didn't really learn anything other than brows. We practiced, like, arm waxing and leg waxing and a little bit of underarm. But... Oh my gosh, my first client on my first job 
was a freaking Brazilian. And I remember I toe her up. Oh, no. Y'all. Mm. Estheticians don't know it all. We don't learn. Like, we're, like, usually as an esthetician, like, you find one or two, three things that, like, you love to do in school and you're passionate about those things. For me, it was skincare. I wanted to give facials. I wanted to give back treatments. I wanted anything, chemical peels, anything that had to do with skin. Everything else, I was like, this shit is for the birds. I don't want to do it. It's so tedious. But there was somebody else that, like, they didn't like to do facials. They loved waxing. And so everybody finds, like, their own little niche. And that's what's really cool about aesthetics is that you don't have to know how to do it all. You fall into a little category. Um, But you had a Vichy shower. Mm -hmm. So cool. You really only ever find those in, like, high-end spas. Yeah. I've never, ever heard of a single person having one in a school, so I'm kind of jealous. We had, like, an LED therapy, and I thought that was, like, a game changer. Yeah. Now you can buy those on Amazon. So it's just times are always changing. Like, technology is changing. It's it's just crazy to me. I mean, like I said, you wake up every day and there's something new. But, okay, you had your first job. You said that you worked at a temp agency. Yeah, so I worked at a temp agency because after, even after I got my license, it's that whole catch twenty two. You can't get a job till you get experience. You can't get experience till you get a job. Yeah. So I worked at a temp agency while I kept looking for an esthetician job, and finally, after probably close to six months, I got hired at a day spa. Um, I wasn't really, you know, wanting a day spa. I wanted to be on the medical side, but I needed a job, so I took it. And it was, you know, nights, weekends, holidays, and it was a lot of, you know, women coming in for gift card facials. They weren't, and it was so frustrating because, like, when you're a fresh student, like, you just want to talk to everyone about their skin. And these ladies just wanted to come in there and sleep and not, you know, like, I wanted to, like, get into, like, well, what are you using? And we've got this pigmentation and they don't, they don't care. They're just Please let me consult you. (laughs) Yes, please. please Please ask me about your skin. I was just bursting with all my little knowledge, and they were there to, you know, get their little day spa gift card and, you know, relax and be pampered. So that was frustrating, and I figured out spa was definitely not where I wanted to be. I felt like I was doing the same facial eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so actually, so my first job actually led to my second job in the medical field because this day spa had a relationship with a local doctor who did Botox. So they came in to do a Botox party one evening after work. And I volunteered. This is like a well-known clinic in Mobile. And I volunteered to stay because I wanted to meet the doctor and the nurse practitioner he was bringing and try and, you know, do a little networking, get my name out there to them. So I volunteered to stay. And I stayed, and the good thing was, I did know a lot of these ladies that came in for skincare or I waxed their brows, so I kind of tried to take on the role of, like, liaison, introducing these ladies to the doctor and nurse practitioner and kind of making the ladies feel more comfortable. And then, of course, I tried to talk to the, the doctor and the NP as much as possible, and it it worked out because, I don't know, three or four months later, they called me in for an interview because they were looking for an esthetician, and then, boom, I was on the medical side. There you go. I mean, that's it it happens just like that. When young girls reach out to me now and they say, like, we know, what do I do? 
I'm like, first, take any job you can get because it's all about just getting your hands on people. I was working um, like waiting tables at this restaurant downtown Nashville. So I would like go to school every day from set. I want to say it was, yeah, it was 730 to 230. I'd get out I'd like go home, get ready. And I'd go to work from 430 to like 11. And it's just what I had to do because the thing about it, like my mom used to say this expression and I say it to all my clients now, it's just a means to an end, you know, like you can do anything for nine months. And I went through a crazy breakup while I was in aesthetic school. I mean, like I, I kind of was, it was like a ride for me. But I got through it. It was only nine months. And while I was waiting tables, there was um, the Omni Hotel. It was like one of the first big hotels to open downtown Nashville for Diamond. There was one of the marketing guys that was opening the hotel. I waited on him one night. And I just, you know, you start having conversations with people, you never know where the conversation will lead. And I just happened to tell him I was in school and yada, yada, yada. And the next thing I know, I'm getting a tour of the spa before the spa is even opened. So just by telling people what you're passionate about and being in the right place at the right time, I know that sounds like so cliche, but it's like, you never want to shut down an opportunity. You never know where a meeting, uh, the right person will come from. It could literally be at the gas pump. That's so crazy to say, but it's like, good morning. Hi. Hi. How are you? Great. Blah, 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 blah. Here's my business card. It's just about networking, like what you're talking about. I think that aesthetics, like the biggest thing is hustler, hustler yes. every day, I'm yes. hustling. And if you're not a naturally born hustler, then aesthetics sometimes is hard to be successful in because you're yeah. constantly having to build a clientele. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. That was my first job. That was Omni, Omni Hotel. I worked the desk for a year while I was still in school. So it was like waiting tables and I was trying to work the desk. And the day that I got my license, I was like, put me in the room. Mm -hmm. And they did. And it was a Brazilian. (laughs) So there's full circle. Um, But, you know, I think as far as school goes, it's a different experience for every single person. You take away what you want to take away from it, and then you really get your hands-on experience in the treatment room. You learn from other seasoned estheticians around you. You learn from going to classes and certifications, and that is a good lead way into or segue into certifications. And what do they mean? And, oh, my esthetician went away for the weekend for a dermaplaning certification and now she's certified what you guys like we want to just like clear the air on certifications we have them they're great we pay money to go get them usually but when you go away for two days and you learn something it takes so much hands-on practical like just practical, hands-on time to learn the trade. And I think I would love, Griffin, because we have talked about this before, to tell you guys what it means when someone tells you they're a master esthetician. (laughs) Okay, well, I can only speak to Alabama. 
Um, but in Alabama, to become a master esthetician, you have to have been licensed for a minimum of two years. And then you sign up for an eight-hour master certification class. And in my case, that was a beauty school. So I went to a beauty school for eight hours on a Saturday and learned all about hair and nails for eight hours. <laughs> because oh, okay. I, I was the only esthetician in the class. I literally don't think they were expecting an esthetician to show up. And they're like, oh, we didn't really have an aesthetics master course. So yeah, this is for hair and nails and but I technically you're a master esthetician oh yeah but you know I paid and it looked you know what it looked really nice on my certificate it looks nice on your resume sure do. and it sounds great it sounds impressive but I used to like joke with people even if, like not just other estheticians but sometimes like some of my patients that are like oh you're a master now and I'm like yeah I went to eight eight hours of beauty school <laughs> so ask me about your nails now no I'm kidding um so because a lot the thing is guys like there's not a lot of legal so estheticians is like a licensed esthetician like that is a legally recognized occupation but you know people can go away for these paramedical esthetician courses that are yeah like a 16 hour like a weekend and i don't know it's like it that's learn all, laser in a weekend if that's how long did it take you to learn laser we, okay so uh, griffin and i both have lasers she, we both run mm-hmm. what IPLs. IPL. We both run fat destruction devices. Yeah. We both run. Are you running vaginal rejuvenation? I I don't run that. Our nurse runs that. Okay, so like I'm running vaginal rejuvenation. So like these devices, they're always upgrading, and so like you're constantly having to stay on top of your education of the devices you're running. But there is no way to learn lasers. In, in a weekend. In a month. In a month. In a year. I was I was going to say a year when you asked me how long. Like, yeah. And I was so lucky that medical clinic I went to work in. So in Alabama, to be a laser tech, you just have to work in the physician's office. He has to designate you that, and you get 12 hours of laser certification. And in our case, we had a lot of um, Candela lasers at the time, and because we bought so many, they sent in a rep for t- a two-day training. But luckily for me, I those girls that I worked with, there was one nurse and two laser techs, and they had been doing it for probably two to three years for some of them. So I got to, sh- I shadowed them at first, and because we had a lot, like we had, I mean, everything. We had a Q-switch Alex, we had an Alex, we had two Yags, an Erbium, and a V-beam. Like, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's every Those one are powerful of, lasers. And all of them have different functions. So I'd really kind of spend a little bit, of, like a couple of months with each one of them, like learning the ins and outs. And even then, y'all, I was just, I mean, hashtag blessed. Like, if I got a chart with a tricky, you know, if I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know about this. I'm really nervous. Like, I could walk over and ask them, like, hey, what kind of settings would you do on this? And like, back then when I learned, y'all, Back in the day when I learned <laughs> to laser, um, you had to know how to set your joules, your milliseconds, your pulse width, your energy. And, like, I see so many of these lasers now. They do shows, it all. Yeah. And all you do is, oh, what skin tone are they? Uh-huh. What hair color are they? Here's your recommended settings. And, y'all, like, I worked with one of those one of those clinics, and some of the settings it gave me were freaking crazy. 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 Like, way too aggressive yes. or wouldn't do anything. And so that's what scares me is, like, these girls who, like, don't really have to learn, like, 
what a joule is or a millisecond. Or what, what a Fitzpatrick uh, is. Well, that they should know that. <laughs> they should know that after aesthetician school. But anyway. Yes, um, they should. Lasers shouldn't be that easy. That's one thing I love about my Cyton is it's incredibly, like, everything is very tunable. And I, I really do love that. So you have a Cyton. I work with InMode. Um, InMode... Lumeca for my BBL, and it's it's honestly very easy to run, and I have a lot of control of my parameters. But I mean, accidents happen with lasers. It yes. knock on wood, you know, it has been a very, 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 very long time, but it happens, and it's just the world that they are in. It is hot. It is spicy. It is. It's laser. So to go away and to, to walk away from a certification weekend or to think that you can pick it up, it's just really naive. And we want to just kind of set the tone straight. So that's the first thing we really want to touch on on No Filter is the person that you're seeing, the professional that's in the room with you, yes, they may have certifications, but how long have they actually been performing the service? And that's what we want you to take away from today's podcast. We want you to be more knowledgeable. We want you to ask more questions to your for your to your provider for your provider, whatever I'm trying to say here. But we just want you to take your health into your own hands. Your skin, as you've heard before, I'm sure, is your largest organ. It is functioning in occurrence with so many other organs. It is detoxing. It is showing signs of aging. It needs this. It needs that. There are so many complexities to this organ that you want to make sure that you're you're dealing and you're working with someone that is equipped with the right skill set. Griffin, any other thoughts? Yeah, well, so, the, I mean, to me, the cool thing is, like, most, I have never worked somewhere that charged for a skincare consult. Like, do y'all charge for skincare consults? Um, I don't charge for a consult. I do charge for, like, so if you come in, if you need a laser consult, that's no charge. And then we usually are booking your laser appointment. But if you come in, you're not a candidate, I'm not going to charge you anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you are like, look, I want to bring in all my products and I want you to help me formulate a routine and you're not coming in for a service, it is $50. And then when oh, you get yeah. there, the $50 goes toward your product that you get that day. So, no, not well, really. That's, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, so most estheticians, though, we don't charge a lot of consult fees. So just to go and, like, meet with them, and I talk about this, like, on my Instagram stories, like, advocate for yourself. Go meet with a few estheticians and, like, see who you have, you know, a good fit with and who you feel like is going to be best suited to work with you and ask to see before and after photos. Those are always great. Um, and ask, ask how long I can tell sometimes people are like really shy, like when they're really nervous about lasers, like they're trying not to like offend me, but they're like, well, how long have you been late? And I'm like, oh, I'm happy to tell you. I'm happy to show you my certificates from 2008 if you want to see them because I've got them. Um, but you know, don't be afraid to ask questions and, and advocate for yourself and, you know, find an esthetician that you feel like is, you know, listening and respecting you. Absolutely. I tell my clients too, like, hey, go ahead, go try. Same with a product. Try the product out. If you like it, you like it, but I'll see you back. I'm I'm kind of a cocky esthetician. I hate to say <laughs> that, but it's like 
I have done my homework and I'm never going to advocate for something that I don't feel is necessary. I'm also not a salesperson. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not in this industry to sell something to someone. So if someone comes to me and they say like, well, this person has this treatment cheaper. Hey, I love saving money. You should totally go do that. Like, yes, girl. Yes. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I know what laser they're using, and I think my laser's better. I know my laser's better. So it's all about the esthetician and the relationship and that vulnerability that you feel with them. I really feel vulnerable with my clients to, to be able to say things like that to them. And I think that's just about the relationships that you build. Yeah. And that's one of the really fun and rewarding parts. It's a great job if you enjoy like kind of working one-on-one with people and like creating goals to help and plans to help them meet that. Um, I love playing skincare detective. I like when people mm-hmm. bring me weird, unusual things and can I do something with this? So I like that challenge. Yeah, it's, it is definitely investigative. You know, it's getting down to the nitty gritty and saying, well, do you wash your pillowcases or do you take your cell phone into the bathroom with you and play while you're, you're pooping? And if you do, you might need to clean your cell phone screen, you know? Um, but anyways, we'll save that for another day, guys. Thank you for joining us on No Filter, a skincare podcast where we are going to feature the good, the bad, and the unfiltered. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever podcast streaming device that you're listening to this on. Until next time, we'll see you later.